Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. You have done Oh God, who are we to be left here? Things we've said, attitudes we've had, things you told us to do we didn't do, and things you told us not to do we went on and did it anyhow. And yet we're here solely by your grace. If justice had really rendered its purpose, none of us stand worthy to be in your house this morning. Thank you that we can say thank you. Thank you that we can trust you. Thank you for your word. Help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children say, Amen. Have your Bibles. Be so kind enough to turn with us to the gospel according to Luke. Chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. And hear now the word of God. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And from this passage of scripture, I want to preach a subject entitled faith that reaches the untouchables. Faith that reaches the untouchables. Sooner or later, there will be those who cross our paths that are considered untouchable by society. They may be the beggar on the street corner holding a sign saying, I'm hungry and will appreciate whatever you can give. Could be a coworker or a relative who has chosen to live the gay lifestyle. What about an ex-inmate who is released from jail and needs to be given another opportunity to redeem him, his or herself? Or what about the one who has AIDS? An ex-pedophile who has served his time and moves into your neighborhood. 
What about an interracial couple who desires to have membership in your church? What about a drug addict, a known alcoholic, a pregnant teenager, or someone with a severe physical or mental disability? And when we encounter those who by by society's standard are called social rejects, either by circumstances beyond their control or as a result of their own personal sinful choices, faith demands that we should reach out to those who are regarded as untouchable as Jesus did in this passage with the ten lepers. Faith that reaches out to the untouchable is an active faith because even by definition, Faith is active. James 2.20 says that faith without works is dead. A faith that sees a need in another person's life and doesn't reach out is a dead faith. In other words, no faith at all. And therefore, we need to look closely and learn how Jesus, the author of faith, models a faith that reaches out to the untouchables. The passage is broken down. The Lord has given me the passage breakdown this way. And if I'm going too fast, we'll get back to it later on in the message. Verse 11 is the compassion of the Savior. Verse 12, the condition of the lepers. Verse 13, the cry of the lepers. Verse 14, the command of the Savior. Verses 15 and 16, the conferring of praise upon the Savior. And verses 17 through 19, the commendation from the Savior. Now, if you didn't write that down fast enough, don't worry about it because we're going to be giving them to you one at a time. So don't faint. In this passage, Jesus is traveling to Jerusalem, which was his final destination where he would ultimately lay down his life for all humanity through his death on the cross. He passes through the middle of Samaria and Galilee and enters a certain village. Now, Luke, the gospel writer, doesn't tell us the name of this village because it's insignificant. What was important is what Jesus did in this little insignificant village. And the question we pose, uh, we must pose uh, from the text is why did Jesus go through this village? And verse 11 gives us insight as to why he went to this small little insignificant village. Verse 11 is entitled, uh, The Compassion of the Savior. The Compassion of the Savior. Look at the verse. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Here Jesus goes to the village because he has compassion on those who society has deemed untouchable. It was no accident that Jesus traveled this way. Jesus going through the village was intentional because of his great compassion for the untouchables. In other words, Jesus was not so Jerusalem minded that he neglects this small insignificant village. And beloved, if our faith is going to reach out to the untouchable, we must not be so heavily minded that we are no earthly good. We must have a heart of compassion in other words, we must inconvenience ourselves in order to meet the needs of others. Jesus positioned himself to minister to the needs of others. And if the church is going to have an effective ministry, we must follow the example of our Savior. Well, that means that we must go where no one else cares or dare to go. In this, this little place, it was filled with people who had leprosy. 
And it was feared, and leprosy was feared. It was a fear disease uh, of that day, and people wouldn't dare go there. But Jesus went where folk wouldn't dare go. We must understand that God's grace is for all, and that all are in need of a Savior. Jesus, throughout his ministry, continually positioned himself in the way of the untouchables. Christ knew that if he did not travel this way, the way wouldn't be traveled. Refuse to miss ministry opportunities as you carry out your God-given assignments. There could be a mission that you pass up even while on the way to church. We must not be so heavily minded that we are no earthly good. We, like the Savior, must have a heart of compassion. Look at verse 12, the condition of the lepers. Then as, as Jesus entered a certain village, There met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. In verse 12, Jesus encounters 10 lepers who stood afar off. Allow me to describe the leprous condition of these men. Leprosy is a disease that is uncommon today, but in those days it was, it was quite common. Deadly. It was a deadly disease characterized by skin lesions, nerve paralysis, scale-like skin surface, and physical mutilation. According to Leviticus chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3, after examination by the priests, the lepers were pronounced ceremonially unclean, which meant that they were to be cut off from family, cut off from fellowship, cut off from friends, cut off from society, and they could not approach, and they could not approach within six feet of any person, including their own family members. Wow. Their clothes had to be rent. And their heads had to be bare and they had to cover the upper portion of their lips and they had to cry out unclean. They were to go outside of the camp and be there. They were untouchable because of their disease. Physical leprosy may not be common to us, but what is common to us is sin, which is spiritual leprosy, a type of sin, and is actually worse than physical leprosy. You may not have physical leprosy, but there may be some spiritual lepers in the house today. The reason most churches are spiritually impotent is because so many are spiritually contaminated with unconfessed sin within the church. And they are so comfortable in their condition to the point that they refuse to crowd unclean, confess their sins in order to receive restoration and healing from a loving Savior. Let me tell you something, church. Jesus specializes in opening doors to those who are shut out of society. Beloved, if you feel shut out, Jesus is available to you today. If you feel isolated or unwanted, Jesus is available today. If you're lonely, Jesus is a mighty good company keeper. Jesus specializes in opening doors to those who are shut out or cut off from your job, laid off, or or you've been cut off from your family, or perhaps your friends disown you. Perhaps society doesn't want to have anything to do with you. Jesus is one who can come in and be your company, even though rejected by society. You see, the lepers realized that they were unclean. And could not cleanse themselves. That's important. They realized they were unclean. And they realized that they could not cleanse themselves. They were not in position to do anything about their condition. 
We can't say that the lepers put themselves in position for the great physician, but the great physician, Jesus, put himself in position for their condition. And that's what God did for lost humanity. He gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and positioned his son in Bethlehem of Judea to heal our sin-sick condition. These lepers, my friends, represent each of us until we have a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Before coming to Christ, we are isolated from God, isolated from, from his family. Before coming to Christ, we are unclean. Before coming to Christ, we are hopeless. We are spiritually bankrupt. We are spiritually destitute. But oh, when Christ comes into our lives, he cleans us up. Instead of being isolated, he brings us into fellowship with him. No longer are we hopeless, we are hopeful because we are in Christ. Is any sin too great for God to cleanse? No, because you can't get so far away from the grace of God that his grace can't reach you and meet you at your point of need. The same grace that reached the lepers, my friends, can reach you right now to the glory of God. And there are so many in today's time uh, committed suicide. They're giving up. I've never seen so many folk who say they name the name of Christ with, with suicidal tendencies. And they're closer than you think. They look good. They dress well. They got a smile. But you don't know what's in their mind or what's on their mind. And that's why we have to be very careful as to how we uh, deal with people. We don't have a right to be mean with people and to be angry with people. We don't have a right to be a grinch or a grouch. Because the very person you have an issue with may be the person who's on, so much on the edge that they're thinking about suicide. And are you that one, instead of reeling them in, you push them over the cliff? Look at verse 13, the cry of the lepers, the cry of the lepers. Verse 13, and they, the lepers, lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. These 10 desperate men were so tired of their hopeless condition and isolation that when they saw Jesus, they cried out in utter desperation, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. First of all, the lepers knew who to call on. (laughs) I can can just stop right there and don't go any farther. The lepers, they knew who to call on. Let's give them some credit. The lepers went right to the source in the midst of that desperate condition. Unlike many today, uh, people have issues and problems. They don't know who to go to. You know what what people do today? They go to psychics. They go to friends who don't know the Lord. They go to the Internet and get caught in the net. Uh, They go to drugs and the alcohol. I give the lepers a whole lot of credit. At least they knew who to go to. If you are having premarital sex, you unclean. And you need to put your hand under uh, uh, over your upper lip and you need to say, unclean. I had sex with somebody that I wasn't married to. You committing adultery, you are you committed in your mind, and your wife or husband don't know you land with folk even in your mind. Unclean. 
you on drugs and you snorting crack and messing around with a marijuana and all the other kind of little easy little stuff, little, little wheezy stuff. How about unclean? If you cussing in your mouth, you need to holler out unclean. There's a whole lot of unclean mouths in here today. You got kids with listening to dirty music. You need to holler out unclean. I, I, I haven't heard anybody in the house a long time holler out unclean. You're gossip. You're unclean. You gambling, playing the lottery, you're unclean. You got a bad attitude, you're unclean. You cheating, you're unclean. You stealing other folk papers and plagiarizing, you're unclean. You have an unforgiving spirit, you're unclean. You got pride, you're unclean. You rebellious, you're unclean. You're dibbling and dabbling in pornography. You need to put your hand over your upper lip and say, unclean. We must give the lepers some credits. At least they knew their condition and cried out unclean. It's bad to be in bad condition and don't even know it. Many under my voice need to be in spiritual ICU and you're walking around here like you're okay. Whereas there are many saints who refuse to even confront the reality of their condition. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not for good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I want us to take note, take notice about something in their cry because it will help us to reach out to the un- untouchables. The cry of the lepers was not for physical healing, but mercy. You look at that text. Look at you just look at it. They didn't say, Lord, heal us. They said they cried out for mercy. The cry of mercy to God resulted in physical healing. If we're to be healed of our sin-sick condition, we must cry out for mercy, for the mercy of God, because he is rich in mercies. Ephesians 2, 4 says, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Verse 14, the command of the Savior. The command of the Savior. Look at verse 14. So when he saw them, the lepers, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were, what? Cleansed. When Jesus saw them, he commanded them to go show themselves to the priest. There is no healing apart from obedience. A lot of folks want a healing, but they don't want to obey. There has to be obedience if you want some healing. You're not healed on your terms. There is no healing, my friends, apart from obedience. Like Naaman, go wash in the Jordan. The healing suddenly occurred after they obeyed the command of Jesus. If you suffer with physical ailment, go show yourself to the great physician. If you're suffering from spiritual diseases, go show yourself to Jesus, who is also not only the great physician, but also the great high priest. My goodness, you need to see the great high priest this morning. Whatever you need today, God's got it. 
Let Jesus fix it for you. I tell you, he knows just what to do. Whenever you pray, just let him have his way. Let Jesus fix it for you. In order for the untouchables to be healed, they must accept Christ on his terms and his terms alone. The lepers didn't ask any questions. Didn't ask any questions. Neither did they seek to understand. God, I don't understand how you're going to work this out. Tell me your plan of action. Tell me your mode of operation. None of that's in the text. They, without a word, humbly submitted to the command of the Savior. Beloved, this is the only way to receive the undeserved free gift that only Christ can bestow. Look at verses 15 and 16. The conferring of praise. The conferring of praise upon the Savior. Verses 15 and 16. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. One of the lepers, who was a Samaritan, the most despised and rejected of men, after seeing he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet and gave thanks. Let me tell you something. Salvation requires an open mouth confession. For the scripture says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And I tell you what, we like, like that leper, when we have been healed, we ought to be praising God. When we've been transformed and revived and restored and, and brought back into right relationship, we have a whole lot to thank God for. Do I have a witness in here? I tell you, I thank God for my salvation. How many of you thank God for salvation? How many of you are saved and you're glad you know it? How many of you thank God for his mercy? I like the passage that says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall what? Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I thank God for the blood. There is sufficiency in the blood of Jesus. I thank God for his compassion because if God was hard hearted, he'd wipe me out a long time ago. I thank God for his faithfulness because God is a faithful God. He is trustworthy and reliable. I thank God for his goodness. How many of you know God is good? How many of you know God is good? Only a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ will lead to genuine praise and thanksgiving. I'm subject to burst out in praise anytime and anywhere when I think about the goodness of my Lord and my God. Let me tell you something. When you know God's been good to you, you don't care who's looking. Amen. When you know God's been good to you, listen, you be cutting loose in the, in the car, the light turned green, and you still shouting folk and looking at you saying, what in the world is wrong with you? When you know God's been good to you, you slop water all over that tub. You have more water outside of the tub than in the tub. Makeup be all in your hair when you start shouting on God's goodness. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't wait till you get to church to get happy. You get happy at home. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. I got something to sing about this morning. Hey! 
Only a, a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ will lead to genuine praise and thanksgiving. There is too much charismatic sensationalism in so-called Christianity. According to this passage, worship is not, I don't see these le- this leper uh, falling all over the floor, foaming at the mouth. I don't see him rolling around displaying acts of making strange sounds. I, I, I see worship here. You know what worship is? It's the converted posture at being at the feet of Jesus. That's worship. <laughs> when you can sit at his feet and be at awe in his presence. That's worship. Look at verses 17 through 19. I'm almost done. Verses 17 through 19, the commendation from the Savior. The commendation from the Savior. Look, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. The Samaritan, who was a foreigner, had an uncommon priority. He returned and gave thanksgiving and worship to Jesus, which resulted in a commendation from the Savior. Genuine faith will manifest itself in genuine worship. Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Let me labor with that just a moment, if you will. Even though the scripture does not give an answer, where are the nine? I wonder why did the other nine lepers who were healed fail to give thanks? The passage doesn't tell me why they failed to give thanks. You don't see that in your passage. Not if you read it right. You don't see anywhere. I wonder why they failed to give thanks. But allow me to use my sanctified imagination. (laughs) A, perhaps the nine had an inappropriate response because of a lack of appreciation for what Jesus had done. In other words, they had obedience without the gratitude. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.